And so today on the podcast, we have Coach Russ Collette uh, from Philip Barber High School. He's a principal there, and he's also the head football coach. And man, he shares some great stories on the podcast and some really just fantastic wisdom. I know you will love hearing from Coach on the podcast. All right, Coach Russ Collett on the podcast. Coach, welcome to the Mind on Football Coach podcast. Hey, thanks, Zach. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, we have a mutual friend and Coach Eddie Vincent, and uh, he told me I had to have you on, so I said, I got to get Coach on here. Yeah, that guy's a character, but I'll tell you what, one heck of a football coach, and uh, trying to go down kind of that path that I went, now he surpassed me. He's in the county office, so uh, we, we say a little prayer for him every day. Yeah, he's got he's got that cushy job. You know what I mean? The cushy. Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to deal with any parents or anything now. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Works. I, does he bench press like five hundred pounds? He looks like he does. He got to. Yeah, every time I see him, he looks like he's gonna pop. So yeah, he gets bigger all the time. That's awesome. Coach, <laughs> I was reading a little bit about your background. That's awesome. I was reading an article um, I found online, and I just if you wouldn't mind sharing kind of your coaching background, and 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 I think it's really sure. a, a great story. Sure. I, you know, I, I was fortunate. I, it, it's odd. I'm living about a mile from my parents now and never thought I would do that. Mm. Uh, went to Elkins high school here in Randolph County in West Virginia and was lucky to be able to play there and had a legendary coach. He wasn't legendary at the time, but, uh, Neville Barr was there and then left and went to, I believe it's Mississippi and he's a legend down there. Um, but, really built a passion in me for football. Of course, my mom not really wanting me to play football kind of helped that too. <laughs> but uh, I had enough height. I wasn't really that big. Only weighed about 220 coming out of high school, but uh, walked on over at Shepherd University. Hmm. And uh, Walter Barr was over there, who was a legend of his own. Uh, went through a transition year with uh, Coach Jacobs when Coach Barr left. And my sophomore year was when he was there. And then we got um, our new head coach came in and uh, he basically saw me. I, I had hurt myself and Monty Cater uh, kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't know anything about him. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, out of everybody that, that I tried to simulate, it's probably him. And he's just retired. I think this was his first fall. He hasn't been the head coach at Shepherd and, the time that I was at college. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, set a lot of records and one of the winningest coaches in, in college history, actually, and uh, really put Shepard kind of top that division two uh, scenario. I never did win a national title, but, you know, he's, he's 10 and 0 pretty much just about every year and went to national playoffs hmm. for probably the last eight, 10 years. So everything that I kind of knew, I learned from him and was fortunate to have a guy like Jeff Castile. You know, I can remember Jeff Castile showing up and we're like, who's this skinny little dude? And, uh, you know, he, uh, one of the most intense individuals I've ever known. Mm. And, but, but probably learned more football X's and O's from Jeff Castile defensively and constantly, constantly trying to learn, how to make it more simple, how to not have to check out of stunts when the formation makes you, uh, things like that, which led to his concepts with that three, five and, 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 and just, just always questioning what we were doing, um, trying to make ourselves easier and better. And I kind of took that philosophy and, and, uh, you know, I, I thought I was never going to get married and I was going to coach on Saturdays and maybe Sunday if I was lucky. And then, uh, 
you know, that love bug kind of hit me and I found this girl and, and she was an athletic trainer. And, uh, of course I had blown my knee out. So, you know, when they needed a volunteer in athletic training class to let them do the anterior drawer test, I volunteered. Heck yeah. But, uh, we ended up, uh, getting married and, uh, I waited a year for and coached a ninth grade class, you know, at, at, at uh, James Wood there in Virginia, I could outrun my whole football team. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, we weren't very good, but they hadn't won any games for a couple of years and we won, I think three, but anyway, we got married and said goodbye to our family and moved to Georgia. Mm. That's where chiropractic school was. And she wanted to be a chiropractor. So I got hired at Etowah high school, made a lot of great friends down there and learned a lot about being a head coach, um, from a guy named Rick Swells who uh, he's been retired for some time, but I'll tell you what, he, all he has to do is call me and I'm in the car. I'll be in Georgia in 10 hours. So it, it's just one of those things. I've never left the job and been that emotional when we left Georgia to come home, but mm. we started having children. And one of the things I always wanted was for my kids to be close to their grandparents. So moved back to Northern Virginia, uh, got my first head coaching job and uh, the Lord has a lot of different ways to teach a humility. And I said, man, if you're 0 and 10, you must really be terrible. And, uh, found this job at Bishop, Bishop Ireton, little private Catholic school. Okay. Great school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had, I had a bunch of, uh, very, very intelligent, short Asian kids trying to play Gonzaga and DeMatha and good counsel oh, all those man. guys. So yeah, yeah. My first game, I think it was 72 to nothing and a half. <laughs> Woo, baby. And, and we, and we couldn't recruit and they were. So, you know, that's, that was kind of my you know, humility phase. So went 0 and 10 for the first time in my career and uh, really had it set up to, to, I was an assistant athletic director and could set my schedule. Mm. So put some teams in there and I made the next guy look really great because I was only there a year but I was pretty much told I wasn't Catholic, so I wouldn't advance. So, oh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. yeah, then I went to uh, Falls Church High School right outside the Beltway came open and uh, had a Donna, uh, I'll forget her last name now. I want to say Simmons, but that's, I don't think that's right. But anyway, female athletic director of the year for the nation two oh, years geez. in a row and uh, was warned, oh, you can't work with her. She's pretty strict and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Greatest thing I ever did. She, you know, she gave me parameters. I stayed within them. They weren't the greatest football parameters, you know, didn't have a big budget and uh, very ethnically diverse football team. Um, first day of practice, my first year, we had 11 kids show up. So we always said our first drill is go out and call your buddies. It's time for practice. So oh my gosh. We, ended, we ended up with about 31 um, and we still were, were two and eight, but uh, we were two and eight, two and eight. And then, finally seven and three and mm. rebuilt the weight room. You know, I, I really feel like God kind of blessed me, you know, walked in and on blindly one day a guy came in and he was uh, the, the county uh, supervisor in charge of physical education, athletics equipment. Mm. And uh, I said, you know, we got some pieces of equipment here, pretty dangerous. We can get rid of them. And he walked in, looked at the weight room and the stuff was really old. He said, coach, you guys never had anything from the county, have you? I said, no, sir, not that I know of, but I just got here. And he said, you put me a proposal together and design your weight room. And so I was able to design about a $45,000, $50,000 weight room and Damn. just was given to me. So truly blessed there. And we, we turned that around. And then uh, there was an opportunity to come home. Uh, my wife had started a business and it was going well, but 
Ah, there are too many people in DC. <laughs> I yes. was done. And uh, we had a chance to live on my grandmother's property and, and uh, a little tiny school that I'd only been to, even though I lived in the county maybe two times in my life, Taggart's Valley, uh, came open. And that first year, I took a big chance. I didn't even have a teaching job. Uh, Mr. Kazuli was the head coach and history teacher. He decided to resign football, but not his job. So oh, we lived man. a year. We lived a year uh, with hardly any money. Let's just say hunting was vital to our our uh, lifestyle. Oh my gosh, I, we were eat, we were eating deer meat like crazy, but uh got in there and they had what little bit of talent they had they graduated mm -hmm. uh had about 18 kids that first year and we recruited and taught and good lord came around again and said no you will not so they had been i want to say oh and 19 or oh and oh and 20 something i can't remember and uh, i had i think it was seven or eight freshmen starting on both sides of the ball. Mm. So every game was, uh, good Lord, please don't let anybody get hurt. <laughs> yes, I don't care yes. about the score. And so they went from being freshmen to, to sophomores and then sophomores to juniors. And uh, that junior year, I thought we should have probably won five or six games, but they just they didn't have the belief yet. They were getting the mm. size and we were getting stronger. And uh, we came out that, that that fourth year and played Pendleton County, who's a perennial single-way mm -hmm. playoff team, and had always thumped us. And uh, we ended up lining up and playing them. And we had them 40 to nothing at halftime, and we were running off. And I was looking at my defense coordinator going, nah, I think we're pretty good, but I don't think we're that good. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had an exceptional year, and, and I'm, I'm really proud of that school. Uh, proud of that community the way they supported us and donated money and we fundraised like crazy but uh i tell you one of the one of the memories of my life will be you know we we went made it to the playoffs and, and no one in randolph county had won a first round playoff game unless you go all the way back to the beginning of football in this in the mm -hmm. in the county with coach weimer at elkins mm -hmm. and he had a he had a coast state championship but that was very 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 early um so we played that first ball game and had, had to play at Elkins because our stadium wasn't big enough. And we had community members show up at Elkins to sweep snow off the field and try to get things ready. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So Calhoun County came up and, and it was odd. It was like we were playing ourselves. They had a stud tight end. So did I, they had a good running back. So did I, their linemen weren't great, but they could move. So it was mine. Hmm. And, uh, we, we just pumped it up. So we were dark red and they were white and red. So, it was a very strange setting, but uh, I told the boys stay with them all the way through, and you can win in the end. Just got to be tougher than they are. And uh, we we they scored first and went back and forth, and then we scored twice in the fourth quarter to beat them. So we won that first round. And uh, coach was awesome. Met me at the middle of the field and said, "Coach, don't you know you're not supposed to win these games?" And I said, "That's the way they used to think, Coach. We don't think that way anymore." And and yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just great. So then. Had to go to Buffalo, Putnam, and 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 they have a great program down there. I even had scouting reports on everybody, and I even had a report that if you get the head coach flustered and he throws his hat, you can you can get him. And uh, long story short, you know, I had parents that had been divorcing and, and fighting, and and you know, three or four different problems within the team, not with the players, but with parents, and. Uh, we stayed right with them, held a, a great receiver that year to one catch for three yards, and we were just out-physical to my belt. 
and uh, we were down by two with less than a minute and had scored. So we onside kicked. We were offsides. He took the penalty, and we kicked it again and got it. And so basically went right down the field uh, in three plays, and we hadn't kicked. I think we'd kicked, we kicked a field goal against Pocahontas County that year to win that barely made it over. And with about six seconds left, we'd practiced it. We ran on the field, lined up, kicked field goal, 19 yards. It went, you couldn't have got a piece of paper between that football and that crossbar. <laughs> but uh, we won. And, and of course, I, I was looking at the clock thinking there's still a second. Mm. And I had a sideline rep on my side that probably was six, eight, or nine. And I just walked out and I'm like, tell me it's over. He, crawled, he took his arms and stuck them out. Said, "Game's over, Coach. Congratulations." I hugged him while everybody else was hugging. <laughs> but I had—I uh, tell you what—I had feuding parents hugging each other and crying on each other. That's probably the greatest memory I'll ever have. It was the unity that that provided and, and mm. really brought that community together. And uh, the, the the greatest memory of it is then we have the long trip home, and we're coming into Randolph County and. And then there's police cars at the county line. And then we come through, oh, Elkins, there's fire trucks. And then we head up the valley, go through my little hometown of Beverly. And the Beverly fire trucks are out and got the ladders across the road. And we, we go all the way in. And, and by golly, we get into Mill Creek up there. <laughs> and the fire department's out. And there's a couch. And there must have been five fire hoses and 20 guys. But by golly, <laughs> that couch was on fire. So uh, <laughs> it, it was just great for everybody. And, and, uh, I'll never forget that. That's so, awesome. yeah, it was a great thing, man. So, but anyway, after after we got there, uh, Randolph County wanted me to become an administrator, and I'd started some classes. And uh, sometimes I think I was foolish and said yes, but uh, became an assistant principal and gave up uh, my head coaching job. Mm -hmm. And then uh, our middle school in Elkins didn't have a head coach, and they asked me a couple times, and I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically, I ended up doing that for a couple of years while I was an administrator, assistant principal in charge of special education at Elkins Middle, and we had fun with that because we could do things. And I don't know, we we took advantage of some young coaches, I think, then. Sure. And uh, just had a ball, had fun with the kids, and. Uh, got to coach with some of the guys I played ball with in high school so that was fun and then uh I actually got back out of um being an administrator and went back in the classroom for a couple of years uh because it just wasn't what I thought it would be mm -hmm. was thinking about leaving the area but my wife has her chiropractic practice here and very active and uh for the most part just decided we were going to stick it out and uh, I always thought Philip Barber would be a great place. Would love to coach at Elkins. Um, and then all of a sudden, the head principal job came open at Elkins. So I stepped into that. Mm -hmm. It was already a good program. We'd have always had a history of, of strong administrators. And, uh, you know, one of them I'm related to, Tom Pritt. And then Mr. Uh, Fincham was in there. And I felt fortunate. I learned a lot about being a principal from, from Dave Fincham. And, and uh, at the same time, did that for three years and carried on what he was trying to do, put my own spin on it. You know, academically, you know, we were chasing Bridgeport, wanted to be one of the top academic schools in the state. Right. And we're working to that end and, and really we're working hard. And then my son's going to be a ninth grader. And I had coached him uh, a little bit in some early peewee contact football. And uh, 
I just felt like the good Lord said, you need to be with him. Mm. And so I was wanting to coach. And at the time we thought Elkins was going to come open. And I even was willing to step down, go back in the classroom and take that over. But there were some financial issues and it, it wasn't possible at that time um, for the county to open that job up and Philip Barber came up. So I uh, went over and interviewed, met Jeff Woofter, who I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't care what anybody thinks, best superintendent in the state of West Virginia. Uh, I've always felt like things ought to be run similar to the way he does it. And at the same time, you're talking about a six, six guy that has a national championship ring played at Penn state. So he understands football too. So, but uh, I will say this, he doesn't let football dominate him. He's all about what's best for the kids. And um, I just think that he's phenomenal. So anyhow, met him and we interviewed and there really wasn't a position and for me for, for making real money. And uh, he went out on a limb and created an assistant principalship at both middle schools. So I'd go one week to Philippi Middle and one week to Billington Middle. Mm. At the end of each week, I still came to the high school and coached football. And I'll tell you what, living an hour away from school, uh, that's rough. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we created a need for an assistant principalship at both schools, which they've since created. And then an opening came up at the high school. And at that time, had a fairly young head principal. And nothing, not taking anything away from him, but the idea was bring a little of my experience in, help him. You know, we share things. I wouldn't say that I came in to, to totally teach him. He, he had it going on before I got there, but uh, we just shared a lot of ideas. And then from there, uh, have just developed it in, in totally an opposite scenario. Walked into Philip Barber first year, had some talent. I think it just wasn't used the way maybe it should have been. And uh, we moved some kids around, got a new staff, fired up about football and, you know, surprised a bunch of people, went eight and two and then went down to play Point Pleasant. Really shouldn't have been down there. We were, I didn't think we were a, a, a playoff team uh, of that kind of caliber. And uh, but at the same time, we made it. So we went yeah. and a great experience, got our picture with the Mothman statue and, and things like that and got the parents to see what a real weight room looks like. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is now we have a weight room that, that you know, pushes their weight room um, and have the ability to train the way we should now. So mm-hmm. we fundraise like crazy, raise a lot of money, but it's been a, a community effort. I mean, I've had coaches out raising money, you know, uh, have one of the coaches' wives had a contact with a doctor and then he brought the doctor over and, and toured the weight room and that secured a $10,000 donation. That was all Ooh. him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, then, you know, our basketball coaches helped and then we had parents doing fundraisers. So we've, we've put about all told, I'd say about 60 to $70,000 in our weight room at Philip Barber. Mm. And then of course the promise foundation redid the stadium. So mm. we're lucky. We got some pretty nice facilities, uh, but we've, we've earned them. No one's given to us. Yeah. That's awesome. So coach. That's where we're at though. <laughs> that's fantastic, man. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a great story. I just, I love listening to people's stories like that. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm abnormal. Most people take jobs thinking, you know, you're going to increase your career, move forward and work up and your end job is, you know, a Bridgeport or Morgantown. And, and I'll be, I'll just be honest with you. I, I've always felt like God's going to put me where he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And when those doors open, it's your job to listen and, and jump through them. And it hasn't been without difficulty. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
-hmm. but uh, it's never been about my career or my winning for my winning percentage is not good at all. It's my idea was always to come in and rebuild and show you how great football is and what it can teach the kids about being young men mm -hmm. and bringing the families and communities together. And I feel like we've done it everywhere I've been. So that's, that's what I'm proud of. That's awesome. Coach coach, you're preaching to the choir. I, I took over Riverside at 29 on oh my. A, in a, in a 29 or 20 something game losing streak. And then, I think we got that turned around pretty good. And then I was like, hey, let's start doing another one at Nitro. So, yeah. No yeah you're you're no preaching to the choir on that one. <laughs> um, man, that's awesome. Coach, talk a little bit about like, you know, you've obviously been, been done some great things at a number of different programs. Talk about like your offensive philosophy. Like what do you believe in as a, as right. a coach? Well, I honestly, I think you have to be able to adapt to the kids you have. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't, Eddie and I, tease around about this all the time you know we we played a game and he came over for a basketball game or volleyball or something I don't know he was in the gym we had talked but he left me a note he just he just drew a, a, a wing t sweep on a piece of paper and wrote touchdown <laughs> He'd oh, just geez. being a jerk but but I you know I've run the veer I've run you know three back sets I've run wide open modern offenses but when you don't have the kids that can handle those responsibilities. I think it's your job to be intelligent enough to say, what's that kid good at? Mm -hmm. And so if you really break down and look at football, I mean, honestly, I would tell you I'm a base upfront kind of person. I'm a split backs, eye concept pro formation guy, mm -hmm. but I can go empty set and I can go wishbone. You know, we're, we're going to do what, our talent dictates to us. Mm -hmm. And so every youth group that I've ever worked with, you know, my feeder programs, I'm like, I don't care what you run. Yeah. Just use our terminology. This is our base stuff. Try to do that. But if you don't have the kids to do that and you can run, you got a quick kid and can run jet, then do it. Mm -hmm. So everything I've always done, we, we've tried to morph and, and change and, and make sure that our talent meets what we're asking the kids to do. You know, if I don't have a six foot three, 260 pound tackle mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make much sense to say all right i want you to get in this gap and sit in it because mm -hmm. we're going to get driven my son's that prime example he's five nine about 215 pounds he can move a little bit he's not slow mm -hmm. but for him to sit there against some of those big linemen that lincoln has or bridgeport has that's just unrealistic so we don't sit still on gap control we read and run and try to to make sure all the holes are covered Mm -hmm. because of our, our size. So that's kind of what we do there. Um, defensively, you know, I'm a four, three guy. Cause that's what Monty taught. Mm -hmm. I'm good at it. And our defense is usually fairly decent until people can find the weak spots. Mm -hmm. You know, we start games really well. And then, uh, again, our size right now kind of hurts us. Um, and we're not super fast. So, you know, we try to hide that and we'll roll the secondary, but, if five, two works better, or if we, we line up, we actually went down to uh, Georgia Southern. Thanks to coach Maley, the guy that ran my offense this year. He's a assistant head coach and he set up the whole trip, went down and we learned their offense and looked at defense and those, oh, okay. you know, that, that three, five look and those Vipers dropped off and really put a lot of time into it. I was really proud of his effort to do that. But, um, you know, again, it's the same thing philosophically. What kind of talent are you going to have? We've been lucky to have two or three decent, you know, college level, in my opinion, linebackers last few years. This year, 
you know, we still have kids, but I, we're going to be young again. You know, and to me, you know, I had four or five freshmen starting last year and then five or six sophomores. So this year they're going to be juniors and sophomores. So we're still going to be young. But uh, to say we have that hard-nosed linebacker right now, we, we don't. Mm-hmm. That we're going to have young, youthful linebackers who go hard, but it's a little bit different. But we are going to have a little more size. So probably looking at more 50-type stuff and, and maybe some cover two, letting them help on the off-tackle and rotate when we have to. Mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but i guess the easy way to say it i'm multiple on both sides mm-hmm. but as simple as we can make it. i i want it to be as simple as possible so we we spend more time trying to think of ways to have the kids be able to remember mm-hmm. you know all the way down to letting them name stuff so mm-hmm. that they remember it mm-hmm. so uh that that's kind of what my philosophy has always been and first couple of years is always tough and then once it's set i mean my easiest year coaching was the playoff year at Tigers Valley. My quarterback called most plays. I didn't have to call him. He could see it. Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of how that operated. That's awesome, Coach. I was talking with a coach today that said his philosophy schematically is to not have a philosophy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I like, know, I don't know if I can agree with that one. <laughs> um, I mean, it's yeah, like I can understand what he's saying. Yeah, he's like, he's going to do like you were saying, what he has as far as his roster because as a high school coach yeah. like you were talking about we're all at the mercy of our roster i mean that's just absolutely is is. absolutely unlike when i was in georgia and i had you know we had 97 kids on the varsity squad mm-hmm. and then we've had another 40 on jv you know it's mm-hmm. it's not like that here unfortunately mm-hmm. and so you have to survive with what you got mm-hmm. but shoot i used to coach i coached in georgia for two years coach it's, I, I was reading your story and i was like I got to talk to coach. Like I coached yeah. in Georgia for two years, 2013, 2014. And yeah, uh, where were you at? Uh, it's a place called Eagles Landing Christian Academy. I've, I've heard of it. Yep. Uh, Elka is a power. Jonathan Guest was on the podcast, two podcasts, two episodes ago. Uh, right. I heard him talk. I went in, I listened to a little bit of it, not the whole thing. Coach, he is, uh, they got it. They got division one guys everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And he's a no, great I coach, am. too. Yeah. He's yeah. Really- well, my, uh, my buddy that I got really close to, actually, I got close to all of them, but, uh, you know, Al Morrell down there in Georgia is kind yeah. of a legend. Uh, but he was our offensive coordinator. And okay. then Russ Rainey, who is the defensive coordinator at uh, North Cobb, mm-hmm. you know, they, he tells me all the time, yeah, we had uh, in the secondary, I had five D1s and a two D2s. I mean, <laughs> I mean add that up. <laughs> Even the backups are college kids. Yeah. And I'm, I haven't had a D1 kid since I got to West Virginia. So yeah, it's uh, it's a little different. But I tell you what, great, great time. I, I love living there. Uh, we almost went back. But uh, we're, we're kind of settled in now. I'm not planning on leaving. Yeah, so you said your wife's a chiropractor. That's fantastic. Do you get free adjustments and everything like that? Yeah, and, you know, our kids do too. I mean, God bless her heart. Uh, whenever I've needed a team doctor, she's on the sideline. So mm. uh, that's kind of what I think makes our scenario a little special. Not only have I coached my son, but uh, my daughters come in from college and do stats. Uh, even the new fiancé for my oldest daughter, he came in and helped this year. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, anytime that there's something health organized or a health issue, mm-hmm. you know, they, they all call her doc, you know, where's doc, all the boys okay. want to see doc. They don't want to see me. So, uh, yeah, she's been there every single year that I've been a head coach. So it's, it's been a family affair. <laughs> that is so cool. Coach. 
Are you a are you a gambler on special teams, or are you more more conservative on special teams? I would say, I, you know, I think every coach wants to be that gambler, but mm. I'm gonna tell you, I'm conservative. Yeah. I mean, we we've got all the stuff drawn up, and we practice. I mean, we go through scenarios and and practice all that stuff. But when you get in the game, uh, Monty's philosophy was play to win the game, don't play to lose it. So unless I'm absolutely desperate or I have a really good shot, I, I don't take a whole lot of chances with special teams. And again, we just, we're not like with the punt team. We're not, we're not, in my opinion, quite quick enough to line up, go man on man and, mm-hmm. and count guys off. So we zone block at the old traditional way right now. And it's worked pretty well for us, but uh, you know, we're open-minded. I, I was fortunate, you know, the, a couple of years there before I went to uh, Philip Barber, you know, I left that out earlier, but I, volunteered the first year when ab started their program at the college okay. and so very fortunate to to get the experience of meeting denny crehan and uh i'll tell you what that guy's a handful he's he's forgot more football than you and i will ever know mm. but um he was exceptional and one of his specialties was special teams and and <laughs> i'll never forget the meeting all right, how many of you guys all and i mean i'm the oldest guy in the room except for denny you know all these young guys getting paid nothing how many of you guys have experience and think you know what's going on with special teams? And the whole staff raises their hands. He goes, well, that's good to know. I want you to understand I neither need or want your help. You will not be needed on special teams. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he, well, he, you know, he, he's, he coached in major D1 pro level, mm. and he, that's what he wanted to keep. So, uh, and demanding, oh, my. I mean, mm-hmm. and saw everything. Mm. So, uh you know, but back to what we were talking about. Now, I'm 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 pretty conservative. You know, I have stuff in there, but I, you know, mm-hmm. unless we're just getting destroyed or feel like we got an advantage, we we won't play to win the game. Sure, absolutely, Coach. As we as we land the plane on the podcast, I would love for you to give like young coaches who are listening a nugget about what it takes to be a good coach because I feel like you're the perfect guy or for that kind of wisdom. Well, I appreciate that. I, I don't know if that's the right answer to that question, but but uh, I will say this. I, I'm i a firm believer, uh, and everybody's different, but I, I'm a firm believer that, that God's going to put you in a situation where he wants you. Mm. And when you're there, you have a job to do. And uh, I have kids that still, you know, we got invitations from about 20 kids to come to a reunion in Georgia this past year, you know, these are kids that, that played ball for me and I still get, you know, I'm not a Facebook guy. My wife does all that, but they always are texting her or Facebook and house coach. And that's, that's important to you. And, and the older you get, the more that you get. And, and it, it, when you're younger, it doesn't happen as much because they're not old enough to do that yet. They don't mm-hmm. realize the worth of what you're teaching, but you know, under Rick swells, it's the same thing. It was a character builder. It was a responsibility builder. Yeah, there was X's and O's, but, you know, uh, getting them to understand how important their family was. And a lot of them didn't have family situations that that we've grown up with. So I think instead of worrying about how much winning you're doing, how many kids are you saving? You know, how many kids, you know, you talk about all the different things that you remember. You know, I've had a couple kids I took to see the preacher and they were saved right there in front of me. Mm. And that's the highlight of my career. I mean, my games were great. Um, and those things that we talked about earlier, I'll never forget. And those were awesome. 
But I, I'm telling you, teaching these young children, and it's not just the boys that play. The girls that are your water girls or, or managers, the, the girls or the people, because you have boys too that are out there if you have an athletic trainer and you have an athletic training program. You know, any of those people you come into contact, even your parents, you are the example of what they want their child to become. Mm-hmm. So we don't chew on the football field. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I never curse because that would be a lie. I mean, I'll, I'll let a, an S word or D word slip, but that I try to make that the worst of it. And, uh, and, and you talk about humbling. I, I can throw a short story in on that. I was at college, had an all American linebacker named Steve Borley at Shepherd. We had let somebody come in. That was back in the days of VHS mm. and Jeff Castile comes in. We're going to watch film and somebody barred our TV and we didn't listen to the sound. We turned the sound down and watched. Mm-hmm. And so we put the film in. I'm watching my linebackers. I was fortunate to have the inside linebackers by myself. And I can just hear this person GDing and cursing this linebacker. What's wrong with you? Are you that stupid? And just degrading. And there I came walking in the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that moment, I have never been more ashamed of myself mm-hmm. because I was an Eagle Scout. I was raised in the church. My father would have beat me to death if he had seen that so uh that from that moment on you know it's hard to get rid of that stuff but uh i i will say this you'll never see me having a drink in public where some parent might see me um i will say i have a a vice i eat too much trying to diet that off now (laughs) but uh you know try to keep my temper try to try to do all the things that we're teaching the kids to do is what I would tell every young coach and understand somebody's always bigger, faster, and knows more than you do. Be a sponge. Don't be a brick. You know, bricks don't do anything but sit there, but sponges expand, learn, and can do more. So take every chance you get to learn, look at the kids you've got, learn from your kids, learn from the the oldest coach in the room and find the youngest coach in the room. Who's got a great idea and listen because you never know when that might get you a win or create a memory that you'll have for the rest of your life. So that, that's my advice to every young coach. And I hope all of you guys have a chance to coach your son one day. Biggest honor of my life. That, that of all the memories we've talked about, mm. I got a picture in front of me right now. That, that makes it all. Coach, that's awesome. I Thank you for your time. It's I me. Mean, it's a, it's an evening. It's in the evening and you've been great coach. I really, really, really appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. No problem, buddy. Anytime. And if you need anything, all you got to do is ask. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, Zach. Yes, sir.